0: Welcome to the Margin Business Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Another day, another guest. And today we got Simone Vincenzi. Simone is a sales and conversion expert. Um, He has been growing service businesses with the power of community. He's an entrepreneur, a contributor, Forbes, and entrepreneur. Wow, this this is so much. And a speaker. And he has his own podcast as well so i would i would just keep it very short uh say serial entrepreneur um podcast host learning every day from people is out there doing what he needs what he's doing best and welcome uh, simon to the show and i hope we have a great conversation today together please uh, let I'm, us le-
1: I'm looking forward to it thank you omar thank you for having me
0: let us let us know a little bit more about you about yourself where you at at the moment and and you know everything what uh, what has been in between and now uh, for the last past years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there are a couple couple of things about me. One, I love, um, in particular on the business side, I'm a fanatic about sales and conversion. So that's my that that's what I'm great at: sales and conversion and community building. Um, In particular, sales and conversion through webinars uh, and then community building to bring together people. In fact, uh, my first company, which was GTEx, which we started 10 years ago, it started as an event company, bringing people together. And uh, we had more than uh, 1,200 paying members that uh, we built over the year. And build relationship with And the reason why I love in particular community and conversion together is because uh, then you really get to build a relationship with people. You get to know people and they become a client for life. Not all of them, of course, but uh, a lot of them decide then to be part of what you have to offer because uh, you offer something bigger. Than, uh, than themselves. And so that's that's what I love. So community and conversion, really big for me. The second thing, I love to travel. Um, I think we are in August at the moment of this recording. I've already traveled to 16 countries this year.
0: So wow, 16 massive.
1: countries, more than me. Even, Absolutely, you know? <laughs> love to travel. And then I'm, I'm a fanatic about basketball. So okay. I play basketball at least three times a week. I used to play in the professional, uh, in the third division in the national league in the UK. I'm very short, by the way. Like I'm very, very that's short.
0: That's what but... that was my next next question, you know, because you know, as a basketball. No, player... but I can hoop. I can hoop. Okay, I'm very okay, sure. Okay. I can hoop. Okay, uh,
1: and these are these are the three things about me: so cooperation, traveling, and basketball. That summarizes my life.
0: <laughs> amazing, amazing. You, you know, that's already some great information. Because what, obviously, what I want to hear out is you know most of the time there is a pattern for entrepreneurs or for for people who who are really on their own who who can do things on their own most of the time they have some professional background in in sports or in in any kind of um let's say dis- discipline um um division military something you know something which is really like uh, where you have to get up in the morning, you have to do it yourself. You don't, you know, it's uh, you have to do it, and that's about it. Because you know, for for me, I love sports as well. Um, I've been amateur into amateur boxing, kickboxing, and um, that's you know, for me, it was like it's it's nobody telling me to do it. It's I want to do it, you know. Yeah. Okay, at some okay at some point, you don't want to do it anymore, but you have to do it because if not, your body is gonna is gonna just fail, you know. So this is these are the these important things. Um, I think for for somebody who is driven, um, that he can fight with himself and say, "Listen, it's it's time that you get up." You know, if you don't get up, nobody will get up for you. You know, the, so just just do it. You know, and this is the same 100, as 100 entrepreneurship. You know,
1: love. that's that's what I love about that mindset. So a couple of things. One, uh, I started playing basketball very late because I started really playing properly at the age of 28. I'm 35 now, and okay. uh, When I restarted playing at 28 after 10 years of not playing anymore, no, the first two, three years, it was just relearning the basics, which is there is another parallel about business on business. I think that as entrepreneurs, it's easy to get fancy and forget the basics of what got us to where we are because now we want to do something different or we get bored about it. But actually, it's the basics and the foundation that often is what is going to create the sustainability and the scalability of the business. And then the second thing about this experience that I had with basketball uh, is about I'm like, I i I'm in the weird spot where I'm like the best of the amateurs, one of the best of the amateurs and one of the worst of the professionals. <laughs> right? So even if I was playing the professional league, I wasn't getting much playing time. Um, I was basically like I was getting the guard, was just called in basketball garbage time. So either you're winning by 30 or losing by 30 coach was like simona get your shot up and uh, but i stuck with it because uh, i could see the improvements that i was making and also i was passionate about it i just loved being in the environment and i think that this the parallel this with business is that some people fall in love with the end result they want the end result more than they want the game well, I think the, the the real jackpot for entrepreneurs when you really love the process of what you're doing, when you love the process of building your business, of growing your business. Because the results are just gonna come. But if you're in love with the results and you don't like the process, is it's gonna be a very hard journey.
0: Uh, I, I completely agree. And, and on top of that, when you're when you're in a team, for example, of uh, of basketball players, then everyone is driven, you know, you have you have these people around you who have that energy. Which wants something, you know, and this is the same and the same as an entrepreneur. That's why most of the people are, you know, uh, having having people around them who are who wants to do something, you know, because nobody want to hang with, with somebody who is just all day long a lethargic and oh, I don't want to do anything, you know. No, it's it's like everyone wants to be with people who are driven and who can push them further, you know. As as I'm always telling. My son or my family. Um, when when you're when you're the smartest in the room, it's it's you're in the wrong room. You know, it's for me. It's like mm-hmm. no, it's it's not good. You know, I, I need I need to be challenged. Every day needs to be a challenge, and that's that's the most important thing um, I think for entrepreneurs or in life in general. It's not only entrepreneurs because a few hundred years ago we were all entrepreneurs. It's just this this industrial age which put us back into uh, into some kind of a um how can i call it and kind kind of a mental prison you know i call it mm-hmm. but yeah if if we go <laughs> too deep into this then we cannot go further into the other direction so yeah um your business i mean w- when you when you you're saying now 35 so 28 29 30 how how did you go where you are today i mean you're a speaker um i think uh, i think if i if i remembered correctly you you have been on tedx talks so how how did you all this motivation and 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 how do you do do you get um to be a tedx speaker and how is it actually to speak
1: there well what was interesting is that so i started my first business which is not gstex my first business i started at 23 and i was uh, doing uh, motivational talks in schools as a youth coach and that's how i started mm-hmm. Um, through external associations, so I was partnered with other association as an associate. I was going in school delivering their programs, and I had about five or six organization after a year that I was going to deliver things around, and I got to build it to about one hundred fifty schools a year uh, within a tw- uh, within a twelve month period. And in the meanwhile, uh, at twenty five, then I started my event company, uh, Gtex, uh, which started as an event company. So. We were bringing other speakers in, and the first event, you know, we had a, found a room in a farm that they gave us for free for seven events. There is an organ, there is literally a farm in London, uh, called Hackney City Farm. It's a farm in the middle of the city. And they had the room and managed to negotiate it for seven events for free in the evening. It was not used, uh, it was a room made with straw bale, it's called with Straw Bale Room. And we decided to start our first event we liked it we ran the second we ran the third we ran the fourth with a friend of mine and then at some point we said actually let's let's really put our focus on this and uh, we were running between one uh we did a thousand events in five years uh wow. we were running about 200 That's events awesome. a year <laughs> yeah we were running generally between two to three events every week on a smaller scale okay. so sometimes yeah, like 10, 10 to 50 people. It was the volume that we we did. And that's how we put our name on the map. And so I actually did my TEDx talk when I was 26 because uh, I was already speaking so much between the speaking that I was doing in schools and the events that we were running that uh, it really put me on the map. And then uh, the same year... Um, we did an event with Les Brown uh, with a thousand people in London, really? And I was and I was the main host of that event, and that really uh, shoot my career up. And then the following year, we did another event with about five hundred people with Gary V in London. And that was another big must. And that's what really put uh, me and GTex on the map. But it was interesting because it was a, a lot of life you think about, Two hundred events a year, small event, smallest event, a small event, and then you have the TEDx and the Les Brown gig and the Gary Vee cool. gig and and many more. and And I think what I've learned through that process is uh, to really do just take the action and do it anyway. Like if you, it, the, the bigger things are going to come by doing the smaller things. You do the smaller exactly. things big enough, the bigger things are just going to come as a result of it. And that's, I think, has been the biggest lesson from uh, from that period of time.
0: I'm, I'm quite sure about that, you know, because, uh, you know, you when you continue doing your things, what you're doing, and you're passionate about it, it's, you know, it's just a matter of time that it will come because as long as you don't stop, you don't lose, you know? So yes, if you continue exactly. and continue, it, it don't matter. You know, the, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm you just gave me an idea that, you know, the 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 guy who uh, who created kfc he was like 85 mm-hmm. years old or something you know and and he did he did some chicken some good chicken and and still made it at the age and he's tried all of his life you know and at the end he did some chicken so <laughs> just just as an example you know it's it's just amazing what you can do as long as you don't stop you know this is this is the most important for me as well the most important lesson um so far so i mean where did you get all this 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 uh, enthusiasm from and where where did you understand that actually hey, hey listen, I can speak. I can do something with this. and do you do you still pr- I mean do you practice your speaking skills? um do you follow some scripts or do you really like obviously like a small scripts? yes, but I mean most of them is it really from you is it is it just you pouring out?
1: Uh, I think it it went through different stages. Uh. Uh, first of all, where do I get my passion and energy from? Uh, I, I found it. So speaking for me was, uh, was, has always been very natural. I was the kind of kid that will never shut up. And <laughs> uh, when I was at school, everything that teachers kept saying, <laughs> my parents kept saying was well, Simone, shut up. Uh, and now I go back to them and I say, but now pay people pay me to speak. <laughs> so I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> And so it was already, is already my character. I love being in the center of the attention. I love being on stage. I feel very comfortable in that element.
0: Okay. It okay. wasn't like this
1: from the beginning, but it didn't take a long time to build. that. I, after I went over the fear, it was just that I was attracted by it. I, I wasn't fearful. I was attracted. There were nerves, a lot of nerves at the beginning, of course, for the first few years. Uh, but even now, if I have a big gig, I still get the nerves. They're never going away. Sure. Sure. Uh, it's just, a, they, they, it change context. Uh, if I'm doing an event with 50 people, now I don't get the nerves. But if I have uh, something really important, uh, something that means a lot, of course, I get them. And at the beginning, I used to practice a lot, all my talks and all my speeches. Uh, I, I had a great speaker trainer and uh, and I was lucky to find him when I was 25. And I think the main message I've learned from him is that there are a lot of people that they think they are speakers because they can hold the microphone. The reality is, if you want to be a professional, you rehearse your material, you know your talks, you know your stories, and then uh, you, you become better at it. Exactly. And then you keep practicing. And so I had this value of practice from the very beginning. Now, of course, the more you practice, the better you become, and the less rehearsal is needed in the future. But at the beginning, I was rehearsing like crazy. Uh, I remember I, did this, I used to do some speaking competitions, and... Uh, um, and this this story draw is still is still raw It's still row. so i did this speaking competition with uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time which ended up being my wife which we okay. met at a speaker training so we entered the speaking competition together i rehearsed uh, my 10 minutes talk for a good four days straight at least 2 hours a day for the wow. in the four days leading up to it so i was in she shows up to this uh, competition. The day before, she only had the draft of her talk already. So I was feeling smug. I was like, yeah, I've got, I've got it under control. I know my talk. Long story short, we do the competition. And actually, I didn't pass. And she passed. Wow. Now, I am very competitive. And I'm a sorry loser. So we went out after <laughs> the competition, after the results. I told my my girlfriend at the time as I'm a wife, I told her. So I listen, I don't have anything nice to say to you right now. So I'm gonna go home. You're gonna go home. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Because that's my competitive nature. But that goes to say, if you want to become a thinker, the lesson here that I've learned for everyone as well is that if you want to become great at something, you gotta practice. You want to become a great shooter at basketball, you practice your shots. You wanna become a great speaker you practice your speeches until you arrive to the point where you know your material so well that you need little practice because you've done it so many times that someone gives you the opportunity, you're ready to take it
0: and you, you can perform at a high level. Sure. And, and speaking as well is so wide. You know what I mean? Like for, 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 for me, for example, um, sometimes I need to. I, I'm speaking not only about what we do in the company. I'm speaking about something else. I'm speaking about e-commerce in general. Now i speak with you, so it's 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 not always the same. And this is as well improvising, I think, and being uh, being able to adapt and 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 talk about things you you really enjoy, you know. Because sometimes there's you know um, there's things which you don't really enjoy. So you know it's going to be hard to talk about them, or when you have very little information about them, it's going to be hard as well. So um, I think I think it's always Im- important, like you said, to at least, you know, go over the material, uh, understand what you're doing. And then uh, then with the time, everything will, will go easier um, uh, f- for, for all of this. What we just said, there was a question for you. Are you more an introvert or an extrovert? Because sometimes I would say that you're an introvert. Sometimes I would say you're an extrovert, I was, I, you know, because you're you're uh, you're mixing things up. And I cannot really get it, you know, so let me know. You know what? I'm a raging extrovert. Okay.
1: I'm a a raging extrovert. So I get my energy from people. I can listen and I can hear. I've learned to listen, to slow down. That has been a a big stretch for me because uh, otherwise I would just talk over people. That was my default. Well, now I can listen. I've learned to listen. I've learned to slow down. But my impulse is just to jump into the conversation. As soon as I can. That's my natural impulse. I've I've learned to to slow it down and to tame it a bit. Uh, But for example, but I don't think for everyone listening, you know, you don't need to be an extrovert to be a great speaker. Actually, introverts most of the time make the best speakers because they are able to process the material and to go to a level that other people might not go to, that other extrovert might not go to. The difference is that uh, most of the time, for example, my wife is an incredible speaker. She does uh, hosting and moderating for some of the largest companies in the world. And she's an introvert. She she goes on stage, does her job. Then she wants two days on her own to recharge. (laughs) While I go on stage, I come off the stage, I'm like a bouncing ball. Like, okay, let's go party, let's go dinner because I get my energy from that crowd one instead of my wife gets depleted and she needs her time on her own to recharge. That's my recharge time. Give me a stage, okay. that's my recharge time. And that's wow. also why I was able to sustain so many events.
0: Okay. Now doing
1: 200 events uh, in a year is not sustainable for many people. But for me, every time on stage is a recharge time.
0: So actually, I was getting my energy from it. That's why I, I was able to. do Okay, that's uh, that's a really good information. I mean, that's why I asked you actually because uh, extrovert introvert because myself, I'm I'm the same. I'm introvert. I mean, not the same as you. I'm more than uh, your wife, I'm introvert and and it's uh, I need to recharge a lot as well. I mean, not recharging like two days, but um, after a few podcasts uh, in one day. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's better to step back you know because then you you know it's it's uh it's easier for me to to understand and you know look from look a little bit from far uh at it so i'm um, moving moving a little bit forward here because there is obviously sometimes some some moments where you're on the stage and you know something terrible happens any anything of that kind happen to you
1: uh what like, do you mean like something maybe
0: yeah, exactly. Some uh, maybe you had you had to uh, uh, you you underestimated something or you forgot something and you needed to improvise or where, something like that.
1: You know? Man, listen, I don't know where to start. I mean, we can we can go from uh, uh, doing a guided meditation in a room at a live event, and uh, at that time, the aircon uh, stops working. It was in the middle wow. of the summer. It was boiling hot yeah. and the aircon stops working and it starts leaking. Now, oh. the staff uh, from the hotel, they arrive and they put a metal bucket under <laughs> the leaking aircon. So all you could hear was a, pump 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 They were the drops. The, from the aircon, we're going on the back. And so that was one. I was doing another one, still doing a guided meditation, during a workshop. And we were in a room where there was a, a uh, the Mexican association doing a, a gathering in the next room. And now they started having Latin music blasting. Yeah. And I'm here trying to help people find their purpose with the process I was doing. <laughs> uh, I have... Uh, I've been kicked out of hotels because uh, I had two hundred people showing up in an hotel where there is a the room was to maximum sixty people. okay, and I have and I had to deal while running the event while the speaker was speaking. I had to go and deal with hundred twenty more than hundred twenty people that they couldn't get in because we squeezed everyone in as much as possible. The worst one though, I was the worst one is that when someone had an epileptic fit during oh. one of the events that I was hosting. Wow, well, that's uh Now, thanks God, I did a training. Part of my speaker training was how to deal with situations like someone has a heart attack in the room, someone okay. has an epileptic fit. So, because that was part of the training, I knew how to deal with that situation. But when you see someone, that is in front of you shaking you have the event organizers they don't know what to do they're all everyone is looking at you for you to come up with a decision in a split second where you have to direct 500 people out of an auditorium get the closest medic that is in get them to give them the first support get someone else to call the ambulance and make up something to reschedule to then still, because you're still running the event at the same time. Sure. That was probably the the one where, I'm not sure if it was the toughest to deal with, probably was, but definitely was the one that was, there was so much at stake that, uh, you know, you have a life in your hand there. Sure. And that's, that's a responsibility. And I think that for everyone that uh, is going into the speaking field, You know, those things that, first of all, are incredibly rare. So don't get put off by this story. There will still be things that will not work. Your clicker will not work. The slides will not work. These are things that happen all the time. But those kind of things are very rare. And at the same time, if they happen, it's good to get some great speaker training that can help you deal with this kind of situation, asking yourself, what would I do if this happens? Because if you are prepared, you can handle it. Or you can handle it in the best way, of course that you can, but you are not completely terrified by the situation.
0: Yeah, I, I think anyway, everyone should have some like some basic training for for stuff like that because you know it can always happen um, in front of you, and then you're uh, you know I mean there's a big responsibility as well attached to it. But at least how to put a person on the side to help them not to suffocate or or anything like that in order to uh, before the um, the medical team arrives or something like that. I think uh, it's. It's something which, uh, which which should uh, should be teached to anyone. I mean, we did it, but it's been so long, you know. Uh, I have no clue anymore. So, I would be mm-hmm. I would be pretty clueless when this happens, you know. So uh, yeah. not even <laughs> touching anything. But really, that's that's as well something I think when you when you when you're on stage and something like that happened, you you improvise. I think this is this is part of of a speaker um, who can improvise and who um, who actually uh, when he's on stage. Uh, who can help not only like physically, who can help as well with his speech and and all this around. So I think uh, it's definitely something very positive in in that case, which is not, obviously it was a challenge. Um, there is a lot of speakers out there, you know. Um, you named a few. You named the uh, you know Les Brown, Gary V. We have. Uh, I mean, there's plenty out there, you know. So there are some doing a really good job, others doing maybe a less good job maybe uh, some like these speakers, other like these speakers. But for you personally, what are your favorite bands, your favorite speakers? um who's who's doing it right? Let's say this way.
1: Um I can can say from uh, uh, a female point of view, I'm in love with Bernie Brown in the in the bigger name, in the speaking field, in the speaking circuit, she talks a lot uh, about resilience, about compassion. Uh, about love and uh, from a scientific point of view but she's able in a unique way to mix science and personal stories and personal experiences I think that the way she delivers and the way she crafts her material is definitely to study Brene Brown she's incredible for going in a bigger name you know who's doing it right there is always something to learn from uh, Les Brown There are all the Browns, all the Browns here. Brene Brown, Les Brown. Uh, There is also to learn from Tony Robbins. I mean, he's a master at that in terms of communication. So these are the people that I follow the most from a speaking technique point of view.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, There is um, one of the most famous, I don't remember the surname, but if you go on YouTube and you type Ken, education, there is one of the biggest TED Talks that have ever been delivered by this gentleman called Ken. I just don't remember the surname right now. we will come back to me. And uh, uh, and that TED Talk is one of the best TED Talks that have ever been delivered. Uh, so this is another person that I look in terms of delivery.
0: Okay. I think this is already really good. So we, uh, anyone who sees this, just look them up. I'm sure this is definitely um, some good. I mean, I, I know Les Brown, uh, one of one of them, and uh, one of the, the Ken Robinson.
1: Ken Ken Robinson. I was looking
0: Ken for Robinson. Ken Robinson. Ken, Ken Robinson. Robinson. That's okay, it. got him. Yeah, got him. Got him. Great, great. I, I will listen to him. I I never heard of him actually, but I will. Uh, I will definitely give it. Um, um, give it a try. Very uh, very good. So yeah this is um this is definitely a good list what you gave to us i mean obviously there like i said there is different uh, uh, different opinions about about people what what is best what what you know and there is as well some some experts you know uh, there is some let's say some experts in the field saying yeah this motivational talk it don't really help because this and that and we have to um we have to um after straight afterwards i will go go to the room um, we will not be motivated anymore. So there is different opinions. You know, there is uh, some experts yeah. saying this. Some expert. I mean, I disagree with that as well. So I I, I completely agree. For if you if you are surround yourself with people like that and you do it very frequently and you change your your friends and everything and you go to these events and you it will be automatically changing you. So um, what what do you think about that? And what do you have to say against uh, opinions like that?
1: I believe that they both play a part because uh, think about it. If you just learn strategies, but you're not motivated, you're not going to execute the strategy. Sure. But if you have only motivation without any strategy, then you're just going to be a motivated fool without uh, really implementing anything. And I think that depending on where you are in your life, um, you, one message will resonate more than another. For example, I remember at the beginning, I needed the motivation. I needed to someone to give me a sense of a better future, a sense of possibility, because that's how my mind opened up. If my mind didn't open up and I didn't have that message, that encouraging message of you can do it, you can change your life, you can transform things, and having that belief, I would have not even seeked for a better opportunity. So motivation actually is what uh, the motivational message was necessary to unlock everything that I did. And then you arrive at a point when you say, okay, oh, I'm, I've got enough motivation. Now, Let I me mean, learn how to channel and where to channel this motivation that I have. And so I found sometimes drifting in different times in my life after now 12 years being in a speaking circuit. And sometimes I want to listen to motivational messages because I'm full of strategies. I don't need more so- strategies. I like to listen and get motivated. And there are other times when I actually, I've got enough motivation, I need to learn a different strategy for this and I will listen for that kind of message more. So uh, there is a place There is a place for everything. There is a place for everything. But I got to say that most of the time, motivation is what is going to create the biggest impact. Sure. Um, because uh, motivation, I... motivation creates motion. You create motion, you create momentum in someone else's life. They're going to find out the solutions that they need. So I'm a big believer in motivation, actually. Great,
0: great. That's a very good reply. And spe- speaking about messages and everything, do you, do you have like um, one of your favorite messages? What you what you tell everyone when you're on stage?
1: Uh, my favorite message. Well, one one of my favorite messages is that uh, um, uh, passion will get you moving, and strategy will get you there. Very talking good. talking about. <laughs> Right. talking about the uh, what I just mentioned you know you need okay. that passion you need why you need that fire in your belly to get moving to keep things in motion and at the same time you need to channel that passion and that uh, fire that you have uh, that fuel into something that uh, is going to give you ultimately the result that you want and that's the strategy so the the strategy is like the car that's going to get you somewhere else the passion is the the, the fuel that you put in the car and you need both. You need the the fuel and you need the car and then you can get to the destination.
0: Right. I I, I completely agree. And it's really straightforward and I will take this sentence as well and and put it afterwards on our uh, social media platforms um under under you as as you're the the creator of the quote really uh, really great thank you so much for that so where can anyone get in contact with you who is interested like who wants to learn to speak who wants to you know get motivated in life even more or or anything what you can offer to them how can they get in contact with you
1: yeah the best way is to go on our website which is uh, gtex g t e x uk we will put it as all so well under yeah gtex.org.uk as you can find a lot of resources now in particular after covid we moved uh, into delivering online presentations okay. so i've got incredible training on uh, how to use webinars to get clients and how to use online presentation to get clients you can use the very similar template the same template also to deliver live speeches so in particular this will work for you if you want to use presentations to get clients and you can find a lot of resources at gtex.org.uk and also there you can find uh, you can find our podcast as well
0: amazing amazing so TEDx talk I will put as well under in the description because obviously this is something big and I'm very uh very uh, happy for you that this happened uh, uh and you could speak there you know as although it's uh it must be very challenging you know to keep everything together because it's obviously there's it's a. Uh, it's a it very was, tough. Uh... It was one of the.
1: It was probably it was the probably one of the hardest gigs of my life. Oh, and I can't imagine. Yeah, it, it was, but it, but it is interesting because it's not uh, like I'm. I was used at the time to deliver talks for a day or to do a full day training. There is only twenty minutes, but it's the yeah, meaning exactly. it's a... it's like you know is going to go out and get thousands or hopefully hundreds of thousands of views. Mine got thousands, but. You know, it's just the meaning of I'm, I'm on TEDx, and
0: that yeah, made sure. me that made me freak out. But I did it. Sure, it's amazing. Um, one of my goals is as well to to have a talk like that. Um, and I'm working on that, and uh, towards it, let's see what's going to happen. You know, and sure, uh, uh, Simon, I, I would love to speak uh, uh, to continue our, our talk maybe at another time. And but for now, we're gonna close this up. I'm really uh, happy to. Yeah, to have the talk with you and to to understand more about your company, to understand more about what you're doing and to understand, obviously, more about the speaking and all these little things what everyone can learn of. Um, thank you so much. Ah, it's my pleasure. Thank
1: you.